Grand Rising, Kings and Queens. I'd like to welcome y'all to the latest episode of Real Talk. It's your boy Rhea. I want to take time, first off and foremost, to just say thank you for however you're listening, wherever you're listening. I appreciate that. Um, I'm on a journey of self-empowerment, and I actually wrote a book on it. That's kind of what I'll be reading to you also, kind of providing a little bit of my input, hoping one, if not all, can help somebody through some difficult times like they've helped me. So each one is going to start off by topics, you know, kind of like life lessons, so to speak. Today is going to be family. To most, family is simply who you share blood with. It's people that you don't necessarily really care about who they are until you know they have a title like cousin or niece or nephew. And then because of that, that's going to drive you to either want to get to know them or want to give loyalty to them. See, the truth is most people don't care about their cousins or really anybody outside their immediate family. So to just throw them in one category, you know, even though their family don't go thinking, y'all share the same goals of value because family is nothing but just a term nowadays. It becomes second nature. For the others, blood doesn't make you family. It makes you relatives. Kind of like diving deeper into the term relatives. What is a relative? Well, it's something that kind of brings a comparison, brings a liking to, you know, I'm relative to this or it's relative to that. So really, relative is nothing more than a link. It's not someone or something that you know holds real substantial value it's more so along the lines of whatever topic we're discussing or whatever issue we're pointing at this is relative to it here's something that was explained to me by a wise young woman and it changed my life at least the way i look at this family is not who you share blood with it's who you bleed for let that sink in. It's not who you share blood with. It's who you'd bleed for. Otherwise, or in other words, excuse me. Family is who you choose. But you ain't just choosing someone you'll bleed for. Bleeding for someone is taking a bullet for them and not dying. Or taking something and you just, you have to live with the wounds because... You know, it's not a comparison thing to where if you take a bullet and die and take a bullet and just bleed and live. But just to kind of put it into better perspective on the latter, you sharing blood for someone or bleeding for someone and you have to live with that every day for the rest of your life. That person has to have some type of value. That person has to be some type of special. Every day you're going to look at this scar and realize I did this for someone and it behoove you to really make sure that if you do have a decision to make when it comes to this, it's going to be the right one. Not everyone you share blood with, you should bleed for. I hate to say it, but really family ain't nothing but a skin tone nowadays, it feels like. And... If they don't fit the 
culture that you're trying to surround yourself with, they're nothing but just a distant relative. Don't go automatically assuming someone's innocent just because they're relatives, guys. Don't automatically give loyalty to someone just because they share blood with you. The downfall of many in this wondrous and mysterious humankind we have is when to say no. I'm pretty sure everyone can reference a time where had they just said no to this person or this situation or this simple decision, a lot of things would have been either easier, better, or more suited for you to succeed. Societal pressures sway us into siding with those who appear closer than they really are. Sometimes blood members or, you know, people you share blood with, those people are like, you know, rearview mirrors, man. You know, sometimes, or side mirrors, excuse me. Sometimes things are a lot closer than they appear. And sometimes things are a lot further than they appear. There's going to be times where you're going to put on your glasses, you know, metaphorically speaking, and see this cousin you shared everything with. Everything from toiletries to clothes to, you know, real thugging it out type stuff, right? And then you realize that those pair of glasses shouldn't have been the vision that you had. Now you wearing contacts. Matter of fact, we'll go a step further and say, now nah, you got LASIK. And now with that comes a whole new vision. Well, those cousins that shared that one vision with you beforehand, before you grew, they're a lot closer than they appear. They're really not there at all. They're there because you want them to be. Because think about it. When you go from glasses to just LASIK, it takes a whole new adjustment. So your support system or your circle, or your gang, or whatever you want to call it, should follow suit. You can't change visions and keep the same people who had the visions before. They either elevate like you did, or you work on realizing that sometimes just because things look good doesn't mean it's going to work out. You can go to the gym 24-7 and kill yourself by doing that. Just because it looks good doesn't mean it's going to work out. And... The inability to say no creates a toxic environment where the selfish thrive. You want an example? Think of how many times you have put yourself second for, and I'm using air quotation or air quotes, family. Think about how many times you've said, oh, you're so lucky we family. Now think of where each one of those same family members, quotations, have got you. Nowhere. But since you'll do anything for family, best believe they'll know who to call next time they need an enabler. Because, see, it's not help that you're giving them. Because, you know, there's there's a driving need for humans. You know, we all share it, so it's nothing bad or nothing. But there's a driving need to help. Whether we feel like we helped or we just convinced ourselves we helped or whatever the case may be, there is a driving need to help. And help, for some reason, is taking a different image now. See, usually help is like 
you leading a horse to water. Now help is you putting the water in the glass, you waiting for the horse to be ready to drink. And once the horse is ready to drink, you got to act like you weren't there for the previous six hours trying to get the horse to drink. Like you have to really go out of your way to quote unquote help people nowadays. This may be an unpopular opinion on that, but just from my two cents, that's an enabler. It's not a help. Something that is constituted as help will be looked at as I won't need you from this point forward to accomplish the same task, i.e. leading a horse to water. They now know where to get their source of water. They're not going to need you anymore. They needed help to begin with because they didn't know where the water was, but they don't need no glass from you. They don't need no cup from you. They don't need it to be room temperature. They are thirsty. They are worried about dehydration and death. They are going to drink. Now, those who don't really need help, they're not dehydrated. They're not thirsty. They have a thirst for something. Usually that thirst is attention or that thirst is approval. So what they'll do is they'll only help you so long as it helps them, which is really just an enabler because they're not trying to have you be better. They're not trying to have you have a better life. They just want it better for themselves and see this opportunity as a cash grab. There are going to be so many instances where you look at someone and be like, oh, man, because you're family, I'm going to do it, but I really shouldn't do this. That's because they're not family. The body doesn't lie. It's body language. When you're, yeah, and the last thing you say is family, that's because they're not family. They're relatives. The only reason why you're in this position is because something relative to you is a part of it. It's not because of family. If it was family, you wouldn't have been told last second. Think about it. When you have somebody you truly cherish as family, like let's say a mom or let's say a, a homeboy or a homegirl that's now a cousin, you ain't going to wait till last second to let them know. You're going to keep them updated just in case you do need backup, just in case if you do need that help, just in case you do need that olive branch. Something you tell someone last second to is not necessarily a need for help. Because the help is not when you need it. Help is more so when you can afford it. Let that sink in. When you need something, it may look like help, but help was a long time ago. You need saving at this point. You need somebody to do it this way, do it that way, and hope it turns out this way. Because all you've done it is that way. There are moments where we look at ourselves and see just nothing more than a last name. Nothing more than an image of some valiant backstory that we were told by people who don't want to really look into this. Just rather accept with the last person who had nothing more than their last name to live for. The fact that you automatically give those family members the benefit of the doubt and your loyalty speaks to how little you value yourself. Now, how does that equate? Because someone who loves themselves doesn't waste their effort and going all out for someone because of their name instead of if they're deserving exemplifies self-worth issues. When you prioritize your well-being, 
excuses are no longer prioritized. I mean, easily accepted, excuse me. When you prioritize yourself, you understand that anything outside of that requires you to make time. The more you make time for someone, the more you realize it's that they don't have the time. Or it's not that they don't have the time. It's just that you're not worth it. Unless they are free or need something from you. Getting a I just don't have the time text should be a reality check. You make time for things that are worth it. And if the only thing worth it to you has material value, you don't understand worth. I.e., you not looking at yourself as you should, and you rather look at yourself as a rock for everyone else. Like, act, like someone who holds the family together. You're not holding the family together. You're exhausting your efforts. Family doesn't need to be held together. I have a personal account to where I could tell you that somebody who has absolutely only one relative link to this family and the other family only has one relative link to this family, which is her. They both work harmoniously. It's a beautiful thing to watch. It shocked me. So let that just be a testament to you don't have to make something work. It's going to work. You're going to make time for it. The situation that calls for help, at least for what we see, is those situations that no one really wants to be a part of it. They're only there when you call them. And they're not even there when you call them. They don't have the time to really pick up the phone right now. But since you reached out to them, they feel like this is a need to help boost their status. <laughs> Excuse me. Believe it or not, family is a status more so than a bond to people nowadays. Family has now taken a life of its own to where it's not a fam, I love you. It's more of like a loan. It's more of like a borrow. It's more of like a resource. So to take the old school ways of looking at family and applying it to the days of today will show that you are doing nothing more than hurting yourself and wasting your effort. When loving yourself becomes truly secondhand, effort is no longer something that can be a variable. It is a staple. If I don't have the effort, I can't do it. I can't exhaust myself to those means for someone I only talk to four times a year. Three holidays and a birthday. I can't look at what the situation you've put yourself into as something that requires my attention. Because if it required my attention, it wouldn't have gotten to such dire needs where I am needed. That there are things in this world that will show you who you truly are. And a lot of it comes from within. If you don't know how you look at yourself when times get rough, look at how you view yourself with your family. Because usually when family comes a calling, there's no excuses to be made. 
The family needs you. I got to get up and go get it. The family has to have this. I got to get up and go get it. There's no excuses. There's no real second chances with that. We, we make it feel like. Because if we let them down, we let the family down. That, that's inexcusable. But until you put yourself first and knows what it looked like, somebody putting you last will be okay. Because instead of knowing your worth as much more, you're just happy you made the list. Instead of knowing that what you do as an individual should be prioritized more, you'll be happy they made you fit the equation. You'll be happy they helped you realize that you're a good person yourself. When in actuality, it's just the opposite that's transpiring. You were a good person before this, and now that you're doing this, you're devaluing yourself. And some can say, how can you devalue yourself? You know, they're, they're family. They're not family. Again, family is someone who you talk to on a regular. It don't have to be daily. You know, life presents itself to where maybe it's once a week. But you don't go a week without talking to these people. Because think about, like, break it down. Think about all the people in your life that you truly, truly cherish, truly value. You ain't going a week without talking to them. Period. No matter what, you can literally be in a hospital and have somebody reach out to those special people. Be like, hey, look, let them know I'm in the hospital. I've done it. So there are going to be ways that are going to seem near impossible to continue this whatever persona. But that's because it is. This isn't something they'll sustain. This isn't something that will be viewed as a positive later on in life. This will be viewed as a moment in time where you should have looked at yourself better. Some people die over trying to help their family. Some people lose their homes, their wives, their husbands, their significant others, their pets. I mean, the list goes so long as to what people have truly sacrificed for people they feel is family. But in all actuality, they ain't nothing more than an enabler, than a resource. And it's hard to accept that as a person who's been there for someone because you can't really fathom someone looking at you like that. But it's that thinking that allows these people to do what they do. It's because of that refusal to look at it is now creating a refusal to have them be a part of that. Your body doesn't lie to you. You're having those feelings and those thoughts, but it's not well positioned. It's not supposed to be on you. Your body is telling you this is the case because of who you're surrounding yourself with. That energy is everything. I'd like to end each one of these sermons, if you, if you will, with the same affirmation that helped, came, that helped give me life. I am life. I am eternal spirit. I am a cosmic being. I am wisdom. I am intelligence. I am power. I am magnificence. I am perfection. I love. I think. I am. Thank you.